0: Welcome back, everybody, to The Basement Binge, to another episode that I am surprisingly very excited for, especially after coming. I mean, of all episodes, I decided to come back with Morbius. It's good to be talking about something that's like this. <laughs> Pretty good. Um, and I'm also joined by the great Matt from Matt Goes to the Movies. It's been a while since I had an episode, been even longer since we had him on the show. So I'm glad that he could come uh, back. So, Matt, thank you for being here.
1: Oh, I am I am so excited to be here. Uh not only to talk about this movie, but like you said it's it, it's been quite a while, so it's it's always a pleasure to to be on the show and like kind of pick your brain so to speak and and hear what you think because I always uh I always love hearing your opinion.
0: Oh, well, thank you. Likewise. And and if I remember right, you have done an episode on the first Sonic movie, right?
1: Uh yes, I I I did. Jeez, who who knows how long ago it is now with these things. But yes, I, I did do an episode on the first Sonic movie because it was uh, uh something that I enjoyed a, a great deal.
0: Okay, yeah, I remember hearing your thoughts about it. and I couldn't remember, like, is that an episode I listened to or is that a conversation we had? <laughs> so I had to check. Um, I will link that episode in addition to the episode I recorded on Sonic the Hedgehog, the first one below, if you want to get our thoughts about the first film as we talk about the second one. So... We will just jump right into our first segment, Two Cents, which is spoiler-free. Just kind of give you our spoiler-free thaw- thoughts. Then we're going to give ma- chance give Matt a chance to talk about what he's doing at Matt Goes to the Movies, exciting things happens, some other announcements, and then we'll get into the rest of the segments talking about Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Um, so Two Cents, completely spoiler-free. Um, I guess kind of briefly, like, to sum up my thoughts, Sonic, I, the first one, I feel like captured this weird magic between like self-awareness self awareness to the ridiculous idea of a blue set like super speed he- hedgehog uh combined with jim carrey's dr robotnik like it like it was just a good atmosphere and then they captured good heart to it where it wasn't it didn't feel cheesy didn't feel forced like it, it was just a good balance uh like it wasn't breaking any ideas it wasn't like breaking the mold but it just used the mold really really well and i feel like they did that same thing here while also just dialing up the things that made the first one good, like references to the game and the history of Sonic. Take that up. Like obviously the new characters they bring in, but also just throughout the film, um, like a genuine relationship and like character and emotion for Sonic. Taking that up a lot. The ridiculousness of Jim Carrey and the humor that is so well done that like is a Jim Carrey that I've missed Mm. taking that up again. Um, i I don't know it just it seemed like all the things i enjoyed and made the first one so good they did more of but not in like oh we need to replicate what we did before let's like dump more in and it like gets annoying it was just like a, a good expansion of something good that came before uh which i was like surprised about like i had excitement and good expectations for this but i was i walked out having a better time than i thought that i would um because I just felt like it, everything I enjoyed about the first, this had uh, more of.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, like you said, our reviews and our thoughts for the first Sonic will be linked in the show notes. But, it, you know, Sonic the Hedgehog was, I think, the first true video game movie for people to say, that's a good movie. Not, well, it's good for a video game and my spoiler free thoughts are i am amazed that lightning has struck twice and that sonic the hedgehog seems to be the franchise that has pulled the the video game movie out of the proverbial like right mud ooze whatever you want to say and seems like there's a really bright future ahead of this universe that they're creating for sonic um it it's crazy to think about you mentioned morbius uh but who would have thought that this movie here like sonic the hedgehog 2 pays great attention to the lore and history of sonic if you're a sonic the hedgehog fan there are so many easter eggs references there's so much care that went into this movie it's almost dumbfounding, so to speak, because there's there's so much love and effort put into this this video game movie that you usually don't see from this type from a video game franchise. You, you don't see yeah. this level of care. You know, certainly I, I saw Uncharted uh, not to get off track, and that was good. I enjoyed it. But there's still not the level of detail I felt in that. Like, to me, Sonic the Hedgehog in the second one, too, is the pinnacle of video game movies. But again, it's time to get past that saying and just saying Sonic the Hedgehog 2 was a good movie. Forget video yes. game movies. This is a good movie. And that's my yeah. that's my, spo- my spoiler free thoughts. This is a good movie.
0: Yes, I, I completely agree. I, I mean, just to kind of comment about some things first, just in an idea of a, it like, a, being a good movie, you know, sans video game, um, is that like the relationship between Tails and Sonic and that friendship that they develop over the film, I felt like was so genuine and, and had so many sincere right. moments where it wasn't like, oh, hey, here's this character that has a history and here's this character that has a history. We're going to put them together because people who know Sonic know that these two characters go together. It's like... Yes, that is true. And that is part of these characters. And it's done respectfully to that. But it's also like, hey, here's a character that's in a movie. And here's a character in a movie. Let's write them as genuinely characters that are together and have a good relationship. Like it, it, I was really impressed by that. Um,
1: Yeah, yeah. They have, they have the, they have a great balance of, you just said it, where, okay, fans of Sonic the Hedgehog know Sonic and Tails. So the fact that they managed to still make them two characters that come together, write a good script and actually have you care about those two. Not only does the casual fan sit there and care about their relationship, but somebody who is like, like adore Sonic or like grew up on Sonic. Then they even like, there was even more, maybe for me more so than you. I I don't want to like, put words in your mouth, but having like grown up with Sonic. And I talked about this during our video game um, episodes that we did together with our top 100 video games. I grew up on Sonic. I have fond memories of Sonic the Hedgehog on the Sega Genesis. So to see them write a good script for tails and Sonic to come together, the casual fan is like, wow, that's actually really good. And for me, I'm like, oh my God, how did you capture the relationship so well On screen, like, geez, you didn't just phone it in, like, you made a good, compelling reason why you like these two characters coming together and seeing that by the end of the movie, you're like, Yeah, this is the Sonic and Tails I know.
0: Yeah, I that was going to be my next point about it being a good video game movie as well is that you know, with that included in that statement, if you will, is that it feels like it has genuine respect for what it is. uh uh, uh, referencing that's not the right word uh what it's based off of i don't Mm -hmm. know i forgot that like i i'm not as engrossed in the sonic lore as you um i played a few games i watched a few of the shows but i don't know that much but i know enough to know when i'm seeing something that is is based off of or inspired by a story that i'm slightly familiar with if you know what i mean or like and then I was watching a lot of videos and a lot of people were saying like, yeah, these storylines are are adapted from storylines that happened in the game. You know, it's not just like copy paste, mm-hmm. but it's an adaptation of what was told. And, and, and just and especially, I, I I don't like doing this, but I think it's it speaks volumes to Sonic. Comparing it to Halo, because that's another video game mm-hmm. adaptation that's happening right now. I'm not caught up on it the way that you guys are. Matt's going to mention him, him and Rob are doing reviews on it. So definitely go listen to those. But, but from what I've watched and from what I've heard you guys say, it feels like you kind of have two options with a video game movie, so to speak. You have the option to make a good movie that doesn't really reference the game. That's not, it's not very respectful, not very well adapted from the, the lore of the game, but it's a good movie or it's a good story, mm. you know, kind of on its own in a vacuum. Or you can make a movie or a show or whatever you, it is that really references the game and base off, is off of that. And I feel like Halo lands in that first camp where it's like, this is a good like sci-fi story that's compelling that just has Halo costumes. Like this isn't Halo. Um, where Sonic, I felt like both was happening, which it was just, and maybe it's because it doesn't happen so much before that I was impressed and that's kind of sad. But like like you said, I was just, they do both so well.
1: Yeah, again, even the little things that they do that comes with the movie poster being a direct reference to Sonic the Hedgehog 2 for Sega Genesis. You know, just the detail that they put into the poster, one of the poses that Sonic does during a a scene in the movie, I won't mention it because that's spoilers, It's a direct pose from Sonic Adventures. One of the fight scenes is a direct take from the animated show, the opening from it. They just—they took so many things and just crafted this really well done. I mean, it seems cliche because almost everything is now, but they have crafted this universe between the first and the second movie now that. I mean, I can honestly say, uh, good God, give me as much Sonic as you can right now. Like, if if you keep doing this and the people involved go for Sonic 3, Sonic 4, whatever we get. Yeah, I'm all for it. And I just. And it's even more amazing. Let's backtrack. What? Five, six. When did the first Sonic come out? Um, It was like right. The beginning of 2020, like about the
0: time the shutdowns happened, it was like March 2020.
1: Right. But think about even before that, what was the very first thing that happened with Sonic the Hedgehog? (laughs) The horrible, (laughs) the redesign, controversy, people up in arms about that design when that first trailer dropped. And let's give them credit because we have how many times have we seen studios say we don't care This is what you're getting. We don't care about the fan base too bad. They delayed the movie. They spent $5 million to redesign Sonic. And this is what we, again, who would have guessed that this is what we got where people said, you know what? We are going to show like love, respect to this character and the fan base and still make something that people like, When I was in the theater seeing this, I went with my two boys and that was, it made it even all the more enjoyable. It made it a blast. I, I knew I could tell by reactions and when people in the theater and then when we left the theater, there were adults in that theater that enjoyed that movie. Yes. Like it it was, it was as plain as the sunshine and bright that people left that theater going, oh, I enjoyed that. There were parents like, oh my God, I like. I can't wait until hopefully Sonic three and I'll take my kids to that. That was fun. That was a good family experience.
0: Yeah, I, I told Matt this before we started recording. I went to a showing that was like on a Friday at 10 in the morning and I was the only adult who wasn't there with a child. (laughs) I was just by myself. (laughs) Um, I don't have any kids. Um but I, me and some other adults were the ones that were like laughing and reacting the loudest. Like the kids definitely were, which was awesome. Mm -hmm. It was fun. But like me and some of the other adults were the ones that were having the most audible reactions. And then the movie ended and there's like a kind of post credit scene. I'll just call it like a mid credit scene. Um, some kids were, you know, like a kid does. They're like ready to go, and the the parents were like, "Wait, wait, wait, hold on, we got to wait." <laughs> <laughs> and so the other way around, and I thought it was awesome. um The other thing that I'll say about Sonic the Hedgehog too is that that because you talk about the redesign, like those poor visual effects artists, and one of the things that I will say in my Sonic the Hedgehog episode, because in my brain, to you, Matt, I haven't recorded it yet, but to the people listening, you've. I've recorded it um, is how I love how they incorporate um, like the brand endorsements that are Mm -hmm. clearly there because of the money that had to be spent on the redesign and they just completely embrace it. Um, And then this second one, they make it a part of the lore of the Sonic Hedgehog like movies like this, the, you know, that, that, that guy, uh, like the Olive Garden, so to speak, like that comes up again, which It is it's not like a like, oh, lampshade self-awareness. It's like a genuine thing. Like, yeah, this is the universe that we've created and we care about it. So we're going to continue with like these characters we've made. And it's awesome.
1: And the thing is, I mean, let's face it. A reference to Olive Garden not hating on the restaurant. It has no right to be funny. And it like I literally laughed out loud when Olive Garden (laughs) is mentioned again in this movie. Like it it has no right to be funny. But because there's such a a well-crafted movie here and well-crafted characters and dialogue that you actually cared about these people, it makes it funny because you care like you just care about this universe. It's it's weird because, again, too, like think about how many movies that are like this where you don't care about the human characters. That's one of the yeah. things that works about this movie. And the first one I thought is the human character element of this. Like, those yeah. people work. And there's so many movies you could just name. Like, I would run out of fingers and toes naming movies <laughs> where you're like, yeah, the humans don't, ma-. like, good God, I don't care. Not here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Two things you said that I love. Like, one of my favorite lines in, like, all movies period is in the first Sonic movie when Dr. Robotnik, Jim Carrey puts his glasses on and they're broken. He's like, call optical illusions. Tell them I need new frames. Like that's a brand reference. And I like that quote in the movie. Like, I I think it's great. Uh, And I feel like, like, and then also that human element. I feel like the people making this understood the things that we enjoyed. We enjoyed these funny references. We enjoyed this humor. So they incorporated that in a good way where we got more of it. We enjoyed the human element. They incorporated that and the relationship between Sonic and uh, I don't remember their names because uh Tom uh, yes. and and Maddie like we get more of that in like the whole time Actually, that's spoilers. Uh, just the way that they handled their relationship, I was so glad they did. It was a very, very natural progression I thought that they were going to shy away from, and they didn't, and I loved it, and it was handled really well. And then, honestly, we ob- obviously love Sonic. Like, I saw someone on a Discord I'm on, they were saying how, like, they feel like this movie was just the fan base or or the studio realizing that the fan base love it. And they're like, oh, you want more Sonic? Well, here's Chaos Emeralds, here's Knuckles, and here's Tails, and they just, like, dump more lore in. And I feel like they did that for everything we love, like more Sonic lore, Mm -hmm. more human elements with these characters that we care about more humor. And like, I don't know. I just, I felt like all the quality things, they just continued to make quality. It's not very eloquent, but I think that that's the way that I feel about the film. And I, and, and I really, really am impressed that they balance that all so well. like, when that when that person, back on that Discord, when that person mentioned how they feel like the film was just them dumping in more of the lore of Sonic, I was like, oh no, are we gonna abandon mm-hmm. what was good about the first? And they don't. Like, they don't lose one for the other. Um Just one last thing I'll say about that is that, in the nature of the film, these are actors, you know, Jim Carrey, James Marsden, whoever it may be, acting against a tennis ball, or against, mm-hmm. like, a blue prop yep. that they have. We, we, you know, a- and... Ben Schwartz in a sound studio recording his audio uh, for Sonic. But it genuinely feels like these are characters in a room together who are interacting. Like, every once in a while, you have that visual thing that obviously gives it away, but that's just the nature of the beast. You can't do anything about it, and it doesn't take me out of the film at all. But as far as, like, the the dialogue, the communication, the the emotion, I feel like these are characters who are genuinely interacting. Yeah. Uh, and it, Which is impressive because because visually, I mean... I mean, we have a hedgehog and a human, but then also just like the visual effects versus live action type of thing. That, I don't know. I, I just walked out of the film really impressed that like there wasn't a single moment where I felt like Jim Carrey was on his own screaming at the top of his lungs. Like it always mm-hmm. felt like Jim that the Doctor Robotnik is here with Knuckles and he's against Sonic. Like it's not just Jim Carrey on a green screen. If you know,
1: what yeah, hundred I mean. percent.
0: Um. So yeah, any I any other spoiler free thoughts that I, you want to? add?
1: You know add? what? I just. I think I I wanted to say something about Jim Carrey, but I think I'll just start gushing and it'll be hard not to talk about why I like him so much without it being spoilers. So uh at the risk of just starting to to spew out spoilers, I'm I'm gonna say I my spoiler-free thoughts are done.
0: Okay, yeah, I agree with you. I, I will just add that I loved Jim Carrey in this. The the Side note of is I love Jim Carrey in the first. That was like the thing that initially helped me fall in love with mm-hmm. the film. And then coming back to it, I, I developed other things I enjoyed about it. Um, and I was, again, worried that there was part of that that wouldn't be able to deliver a second time. And it definitely does. Um, so, but I can't say more spoiler free. <laughs> so, we are going to get into the spoilers here. Um, first, I want to give Matt a chance to talk about what he's doing over on his show. Matt Goes to the Movies. So, Matt, now is your chance. The floor is yours to talk about Matt Goes to the Movies. And all the amazing, exciting things you're doing over there.
1: Yeah, uh, Harrison. Thanks. Over at Matt goes to the movies. You know, we we talk about movies. Uh, just a regular guy that was kind of sitting at home and and wanted to do something when COVID was dominating the world, so to speak, and everybody was sitting at home. And I thought, why don't I just start something? And it's been it's been a great outlet. I've met some great people first and foremost is the guy that I'm doing this episode with. Uh, it's been amazing to generate an actual friendship out of, you know, just, uh, the, yes. you know, the most common basic thing that so many people do, and that's watch movies. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, but for this month, the two, the two big main things that we're doing over on Matt goes to the movies is, uh, Rob and I are reviewing halo. Um, um, Episodes release on Thursday on Paramount Plus and Rob and I go over and review them on Saturday. Uh, We have all three episodes up right now for review. Uh, There's certainly been some great stuff. Uh, The last two episodes that we did, we did live and had people uh, inside the chat giving their feedback. That was actually a lot of fun just as we're talking to incorporate people's live chat about what they thought of the episode and, you know, even just the show in general. So Going forward, we're going to continue to do that, do those lives so that listeners can chat in and tell us how they feel. And then one really brand new thing is uh rob and i are punishing ourselves actually i'm 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 punishing (laughs) rob because i asked him to do this uh we are watching and and certainly we're going to try and get harrison in on this as well maybe he won't now because i called it punishment but uh, (laughs) we are watching the live action resident evil movies and how that's different than what we normally do on matt goes to the movies is these reviews are actually we watch the movie and then do a live uh, what well, we do a immediate video reaction to the movie uh, that is going to be uploaded to YouTube. So the Resident Evil movies will be the first actual video reviews that we've ever done at Matt goes to the movies. Uh, it's been really exciting. Uh, the the first Resident Evil movie is coming this week. It'll be uploaded to YouTube, where the link will be in the show notes for Matt goes to the movies and things like that. So, uh, that has been a lot of fun. That first one, I should say, the first one was a lot of fun, and I uh, I'm really looking forward to to continuing that because it was just another another element to the show that's uh, you know, expanding so to speak.
0: Yeah, thank you for filling everyone in on that. So anything you would need to access reviews for pod chaser matt goes to the movies audio or video will be linked below additionally matt hinted at this earlier it was a few weeks ago we did uh, our top 100 video games at matt goes to the movies uh, my bra obviously matt because his show myself rob and then matt's son brandon and we talked about our top 100 favorite video games it was a blast Sonic was mentioned a few times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if you enjoy video games, you should definitely go check that out. Again, that's going to be linked. It's over on Matt Goes to the Movies. Uh, obviously a break from form from movies, but it was still a ton of fun. So um, yeah, thank you for everybody for the reviews. Thanks for going over to Matt's show. Thanks for being here. Uh, thank you, and also thank you, Matt, for being here. So let's get on to the next segment here. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. which is all about the bingeability of the film. After you watch it, how would you choose to interact with it a second time? There's four options. The bottom of it, the lowest ranking, is to never watch it again, which is completely self-explanatory. Above that is to stream it, meaning it's on a service that you're already paying for, you have access to it, and you're looking for something to watch You're browsing, and you'd be willing to click on it in that moment of browsing uh Above that is to rent it in the right circumstances you would seek it out and pay a few dollars however that is red box digital however you rent movies you'd be willing to do that top of the list you probably guess is to buy it digitally physically however you prefer to buy movies you want to own this get the bonus features have it be a possession of yours watch it as many times as you like whatever your your reason is um so I will go first in my ranking or rating and then I will turn it over to matt to pick his poison um and this is a film, no doubt, that I want to see again. And I'm going to buy it. Uh, it's probably not going to be one of those films that I'll pre order or buy as soon as it's available. I might look for it on a deal, but it is a film that I'm going to want to buy fairly soon after it comes out to watch again. Uh, I know I, I recently rewatched the Sonic Hedgehog movie for the review I'm doing on that. Had a blast. I know I'm going to continue to do that with this film as well. Additionally, when I have kids, This is a film that I would enjoy with them without a doubt. Like, you want those movies that you can put on with your... At least, I assume. I don't have kids yet. You want those movies you can put on with your kids knowing that they're going to have a good time and you're going to have a good time. And I feel like Sonic the Hedgehog is at the top of that list. So, without a doubt for me, it's a buy uh, because this is a film that I want to see again and see myself uh, seen many times, especially for Jim Carrey. I'll just speak on that real quickly. I feel like this type of Jim Carrey we haven't gotten recently like obviously we can go back and see his classics and but it's fun to see this type of Jim Carrey in a modern film for lack of better words and and that's mm-hmm. also a reason that I might come back to it so Matt what's uh, your poison
1: Yeah you know it, this is definitely a, a buy I am I'm such a fan of this movie I'm such a fan of The first two movies that I feel like once the second one's readily available, I would probably just watch these back to back. Um, And I I mentioned this on, I believe it was one other episode, but it's going to be interesting as things just keep evolving in the world of media to, you know. What what will contr- like what will constitute a buy, so to speak, going forward? Is there always going to be physical discs? Um, because think about when you go to a store, how like how many music CDs do you see anymore? Like, where will we go with with movies? Um, but in any shape, way, form, or uh, of media, this this would be a buy for me if it was. Hey, you know, going forward with Paramount Plus, you have access to certain things, but like premium content you have to buy separate from the $9.99 that you pay a month to have Paramount Plus. I-, I would buy this movie. If if there was a way to purchase it, to own it, I would do it. Yeah,
0: I, I think it's interesting how you talk about the the way that media is changing and like Especially with that, because you just like planted a new idea in my head, especially with that there's those films that that I want to know that I have access Mm -hmm. to, Uh, you know, because whatever happens is going to happen. And and there's those that I don't want to be unsure about. And I'm never thought I would say this. I am surprised that Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is firmly in that list. There's
1: and this started for me a long, long time ago. And from from what I know about you, Harrison, I think you're the same there's there's something about seeing that bookshelf or whatever you have them on and just seeing the spines of four, your 4Ks yes. or your Blu-ray. Like, there's something about that that never gets old for me. So
0: Yeah, I agree. I was actually, you can see behind me, Matt, because we're on a video call, but um, this bookshelf that sits right behind me is full of Blu-rays. Um, and I was on a video call I'm getting ready for school, so I was meeting with like a, a an advisor, and they're like, "What is that on the shelf behind <laughs> you?" And I was like, "Let me tell you, uh, there are a bunch of Blu-rays." Um, so, yeah, I, I completely agree. So, obviously, it's a film that we both enjoy. We both, according to the rating scale here at the Basin Binge, rated very highly. So, also in in ideas of that, especially as this will is going to be where the spoilers come in 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 heavier force. Uh, With the next segment, Live Up, which is about our expectations going into the film. This has been a film that we've known about for a while. What expectations did we have going in? This is a film that obviously Bullshot just saw for the first time. And then naturally, the name of the segment wasn't able to live up to those expectations. I'll let you go first with this one, Matt.
1: So for me, I had such high expectations for this film because I I love the first one. I I think it's it's great. It truly, again, to me, it broke the video game curse um, that everybody talks about and then transcended into, okay, this is just a good movie. Let's stop talking about how it's a good video game movie. Like, no, it's a good movie. And then this came out and then I saw the trailer. And then, like, again, for me, I saw the poster, which paid homage to the second video game box art. And I just I just kept increasingly going, oh, my God, like it's here. And then, you know, for me, my my two boys, Brandon and Peyton, were so excited to see this. And then that built my anticipation up because I was like, oh, I'm going to go with them and they're going to have a good time. And oh, man, this is going to be so great. And then we got to the theater and we're sitting there and it starts and it ended. And throughout. A whole bunch of times there's you mentioned the mid credit scene. I won't get into that yet, but both of my kids, like as soon as they mentioned a bit of dialogue, both of my kids grabbed me by the arm and like shook me where I was like, "Ow, knock it off. <laughs> like, ah, let go of me yeah. <laughs> um, because they knew what the dialogue meant. And like that, like everything that happened in this movie was just a joy from start to finish and it, even taking my, my two kids out of the equation. This was just, it was so much fun. It's what I wanted and what I didn't know I wanted from the second Sonic movie. I, I had no idea that I would enjoy the human characters again, as much as I did. I had no idea I would I'll just say the word adore Jim Carrey as much as I did. I yeah. loved him in the first one. But this, like, you think about Jim Carrey and when he was, I'm, I'm using quotation marks, Jim Carrey, The Mask, Dumb and Dumber, Ace Ventura. All of these things, you know, Bruce Almighty and this guy was untouchable. He Like, he was so good. and. This just like this reminds you of peak Jim Carrey. Now, yeah. I know there's some people that don't like those movies, regardless, and they don't like him. And okay, um, but if if you liked Jim Carrey and you like those movies, like this is a reminder back to when the, you know the mask. Everything was Jim Carrey. If it was comedy, he was on it and it was a hit and he was great. And he is fantastic in this movie. I I hope to God, his interviews are not true as he's like, "Eh, I am thinking about retiring. I, I hope he just seems like he's having such a great time with this character that he will, you know, come back to this and take a break with everything else uh, because he's fantastic. It would be a shame to not see him again in future installments. James Marsden, um, you know, who was back from the, from the first movie, the donut Lord, Tom, um, <laughs> he's great. You know, good Lord. If I like James Marsden a lot, if ever there is an actor that deserves to be pulled, Back into the MCU and get another chance at Cyclops. I think it's this guy. I I think fans would love to see him back as Cyclops, but he's so good. Like, I like him so much. There's just like this weird wholesomeness about him. Yes, it's. It's so good. Like. I, I just sat there and when there were serious moments. I sat there and I watched along and listened to the dialogue when he was being serious and having talks with Sonic when there were jokes and the sister, um, you know, uh, the sister's fiance was like, you got a lot of nerve, buddy. Like, I sat there and I laughed along with that. It, it just there's so many things that happen in this movie that just They hit for the right reasons. They hit because they're funny. They're hit because they're heartfelt. Yeah, this movie totally lived up to my expectations and went further than what I thought. This this movie, by the end of it, made me say, you have to give me a Sonic three. You have to. You cannot stop this franchise. Wow. So many
0: things you said that I want to comment on. The the first one that I'll just say about Jim Carrey is that it, it, I completely agree with everything you said. The only thing that I'll add to it is that it doesn't feel like it's at the loss of a character. Right. Like it doesn't feel like, oh, here comes Jim Carrey to be Jim Carrey. It's like, here comes Jim Carrey to be Dr. Robotnik, and it's a perfect mm-hmm. combo. Um, and it, it works so well so what so what were my expectations really kind of similar there were things that i i think i kind of said uh, most of it is in two cents that i really really enjoyed it about the first and i wanted more of it but i was kind of worried we wouldn't get it or that, that the balance wouldn't be there and and we got more of it and the balance was even better mm-hmm. um the one thing that really just got to me was that that i mentioned a little bit is i didn't know that i wanted the relationship between sonic and tom to develop into like a father-son relationship by the end of the first film but in this film that's what i wanted and and, and that that weird wholesomeness that james marsden has that, that when sonic didn't you know he's like you're not my dad i was like but he should be <laughs> like you, you know and and by the time we got to the end of the film and he calls him dad or i don't remember exactly how it says it it you know it gets to that relationship i was like yeah like that's what i want for these characters mm-hmm and i didn't know that i would want that and it, it, you know and i and i laughed at the funny moments i enjoyed the references um i the my uh involvement in the sonic lore came at when you know when knuckles and sonic were like on a mm-hmm. team so to speak like i didn't know that there was a history where they were opponents or enemies uh and so that was really really new to me in the trailer and then also in this film um and i felt like that was just handled so well and the character of knuckles i feel like is is almost like a, a. The only thing I have to compare it to is Drax. Yeah, uh, and that's a good Idris comparison. Eldr- it, Idris Elba plays him so well. Like, like you said, by the end of it, I was like, I want this because I want more of Idris Elba's knuckles. Uh, and, and now to see how he's going to interact with Sonic and Tails, uh, I want more of that. And you know, I, I enjoyed the like the fight mm. scenes. The, the they're awesome the visual effects are awesome and the way it's filmed it looks great it's visually engaging but then there's also those moments like i think about that moment when sonic is sitting or knuckles is sitting on the beach and he's like don't talk to me. <laughs> and he's like upset and, and sonic throws a sandball or whatever it is at him and, and then they have a serious conversation like you said you lost everything like how did you keep going like i was involved in that i was like man i'm really right. feeling for knuckles right now and and Sonic's response is so genuine and like so sincere and who doesn't need to hear that at some point in their life. And, and then there was like, part of me, like, is this too on the nose? Like is this one of those moments where the filmmakers are like, we need to have a message. We need Harrison's going to get to fall in. We need him, <laughs> We need something for him to talk about. Um, and, and no, it, it, it is direct because that's a, that's the type of a genuine response you have when someone asks you that question, you don't beat around the bush. You give a direct response. And I, I don't know. I just, I, I just, in every way, it it was better than I thought because I was worried it would lose those qualities that I loved about it, and it just had more of those qualities. Yeah, well,
1: th- think about if, if if I can for a second. You know, you're talking about that beach scene, and uh, think about the fact. Okay, Sonic throws, you know, the the sand the sand ball at Knuckles, and Knuckles throws a beach ball back at him, basically of <laughs> sand. And I'm sure you did exactly what you did just now. Cause my theater did you laughed. And then five seconds later, you turned your tone and you were listening to a serious conversation that you were engaged in. A lot of movies have a hard time making that work. This movie was able to, it could balance that tone of, okay, that was funny to all of a sudden, like, Okay, now we're in a serious moment. You know, you talked about these you know these human actors looking at a tennis ball or whatever they're using as the effect to be like, "This is your viewpoint of this is where Sonic's going to be." You know, think about towards the end when they're sitting there, the three of them, and he's like, "I love you guys like they're talking they're looking at a tennis ball or like you said, whatever it is they're looking at and they're evoking emotion. And I get it. You're an actor and that's what you get paid to do. But we've seen some pretty bad actors. (laughs) Yeah. And it works. And you're sitting there going, this is a pretend hedgehog. This is a kid's movie. And yet, do you think that they're not, this is spoilers. Do you think they're not going to make it? No, you, you, you know, you know, everything's going to be okay, but you can't help but to feel that little swell like, oh, that's, that's sweet. Like, that's, it, it came full circle from the talk in the boat at the beginning of the movie between Tom and Sonic it's managed to come full circle. My theater died laughing when knuckles is reading the text messages and a dot, 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 dot. Like my theater was dying laughing. And then you get to a serious moment, a couple seconds later, and then you could tell like the theater was focusing on the movie. You went from laughing to being like, okay, what's going on? Like, what is this with the Master Emerald? And, okay, focus on the story. They're trying to tell us something that's happening. They, they just balanced it so well.
0: Yeah, I, I really, really agree. Um, I you know Because you, know, you have those films where, you, like you're saying, you have those serious moments, you have those exposition moments, you have those action moments, you have your funny moments. And, like, a perfect example – the the live action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, movies that we've reviewed mm. here. The first one where the four turtles are on that pillar and, and they think they're dying and Mikey prov- professes his love for his brothers and then it's immediately undercut by a joke. Uh, like that's a moment where to like I clearly feel like a record scratch in tone. And I'm like, oh, here we go. We shifted tone. And it's almost like someone missed the clutch as they're shifting gears mm. type of thing. Mm-hmm. Like it's really obvious. Where this one, the film ended, I'm kind of walking out of the theater and I'm thinking about the funny moments, I'm thinking about the serious moments and I'm like, wow, they really had a lot of things. And then my brain's trying to go back through the movie and think, was there a moment where I felt like I was jumping between the two obviously? Uh, you know, where I felt kind of jarred by the change of it. And there wasn't a moment where I could pick that out. Like there wasn't a moment where the scene cut and I was like, "Oh, we're on we're in a different tone now." Like it was just a really really good flow. Uh, consistently, you know, whether we were having that hilarious uh-huh. scene with the wedding, uh, like when the sister drifted on the golf cart <laughs> and it exploded behind her, like I was laughing so loud, Uh yeah, y- you know, and and whether we go from that to whatever it may be uh, to to chaos, emeralds, and Jim Carrey floating up in like a a green electricity thing, you know, like I didn't feel jarred by the. The differences in right, the tones. And,
1: and think about how, you know, what you just stated, she, you know, Tokyo drifts on a golf cart and and <laughs> walks out of it. And think like out loud, think about how tacky that sounds. And maybe to a listener right now, you're like, there's no way that's good. But so many things, and especially, you know, because of the first movie, too. What has happened from the first movie through the second movie up until that point? Makes you care about that character. So something that could easily be in another movie, tacky, or, or something that you normally wouldn't think that you would enjoy, you enjoy, you laugh at because, again, my amazement of how these writers, you know, and just everybody involved has made you actually care. About what is happening like you actually feel bad, like that whole scene is because she's tricked um for a wedding, and you actually feel you actually feel bad for her, like you feel bad, so when yeah. she's going absolutely nuts, you're like, yeah, get him <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah yeah i I agree with you that i I mean, just, just as like a note of something that was really, really well uh, balanced between all of them was, just as like an example. There's a scene in the film, if you've seen it, you know where um, Tom, James Marsden, gets like the, the little girl, I forget her name, the, his niece is the ring bearer, and he like teases her by taking one of the rings and he has one of Sonic rings, and when that was happening, I was like, "Oh yeah, like this is totally going to lean to a scene where it's the wrong ring, and they accidentally get the Sonic ring." Like, I saw that coming, uh, but it what didn't feel like it was a moment where it's like, "Oh, we need to force some interaction later, so let's have our character do something so we can get to point B." Like that felt like something that the character of Tom would actually do, would tease his niece that way, and then it wasn't like, "Oh, here we set up this gag; let's immediately." pulled out later like it was a few minutes before that gag came full circle like actually quite a few right. minutes and, and and when it did come full circle i was like oh yeah here we go like here's the gag that they set up and i was expecting it but i was excited like oh my gosh like this is the scenario and it's going to come up i can't wait to see how this interaction goes between tom and the sister because that relationship is funny and it's her wedding like like this is going to be a funny interaction i'm looking forward to it and i like, just the writing in that whole thing they just avoided some of the pitfalls you can get in those types of writing scenarios and also made it really good where I was impressed with how they used it instead of like, oh, you know, we got the typical thing where, you know, the things get switched type of thing. I, I don't know. That was just one moment that really stood out to me where the writing was good.
1: Yeah, and I, I mean, just think about it. Again, they balance the tone because, okay, you you think that's going to happen. It does happen. But I'll tell you what, after he throws the ring and Sonic comes through, did you th- the the next scene that we get did you think that's what was happening? No, you probably thought, "Oh, this is going to be a whole bunch of comedy between him and the sister and everything." And then they throw you a kind of I shouldn't say like left field. It's not like a a like, "Oh my god, what a swerve." But it's like, "Wait a minute. What? Like there's there's agents at the wedding. The, you know, the government guy that loves olive garden is back and w- wait, they're, they're capturing Sonic and tails. Like, wh- wait, a minute, what's going on here? Like, wait, no, like, and they're like, Robotnik's back. And you're like, yeah, idiot Robotnik's back. Like, what are you doing? Like, you can't lock up Sonic. Um, but they, they managed to, they managed to get you with a scene. That's like, okay, funny. And then they, they shift it and you're like, wait, no, like you can't do this right now. Like, what are you doing? But like, you're invested.
0: Yes, and and I'm glad that you brought that up as well because after that great scene with the rings and and Sonic comes through, I was expecting like, Robotnik's back. We're urgent to go stop him. The drama that's going to prevent it from happening is going to be the fight between Sonic and the sister who's supposed to be having her wedding. Mm -hmm. You know, like the typical drama that delays the the event. Uh, And that was just like totally avoided. And it was something completely different uh, that fit. Like it wasn't like, oh, here we're going to, subvert your expectations like they did, mm-hmm. but it was something that was natural and I was like, oh, yes, like this is what would happen type of thing. Yep. Um, yeah. Really, really, and, and these are not the things that I was expecting to say about Sonic the Hedgehog 2. I was expecting to like it, but I was kind of expecting to be like, yeah, I liked it. It wasn't great, uh, but it, you know it's a, it's a good follow-up to a film that was, was really good. You know, like it's, it's slightly a step down where I feel like this is a step up from the first one, which was already... Step up from so much.
1: Right. Yeah. I I mean, uh, again, it's. I I don't think you can really understate how impressive it is that the sequel is better in this type of environment. Like, not only, like, you know, again, did they improve upon things from the first one and still manage to make, you know, human characters interesting. But the respect that went into this, it, it's really rare because, you know, a lot of the times you don't get like, you don't get that like this, you know, this movie sat there and did fan service without the sake of sacrificing the movie. You know, we talked about yes. The Amazing Spider-Man too. That movie is one big trailer for look what we want to give you. Here, here's a nice yeah. pack. Here's a nice, pretty package, but it's for something else. And they threw in so much fan service with you know when Harry pulls up the the computer screen and you see mentions of Venom, Morbius, Craven, and then there's the Sinister Six scene where you see all of those you know those suits and the outfits and it's like yeah there's there's so much and there's you know felicia hardings in there and like ooh, we know that she's black cat and everything in between and there's so much fan service into that movie but it's not a good movie like this and again that's that's my opinion maybe somebody's listening to this episode that's like The amazing Spider-Man two is great. And honestly, I'm super happy for you. I'm glad you enjoy. I like, I'm (laughs) glad you enjoy it. Um, I'm not here to say that. Oh, well, your opinion is wrong. Just in my opinion, it was fan service for the sake of fan service. And it didn't work. This movie throws so much fan service at you. The, you know, again, since we're in spoilers, when he makes the giant death, you know, the, the giant death egg machine, The manual is the Sega Genesis, for God's sakes. Just that little tiny aspect. The coffee shop is called Mean Bean, which is a reference to the Mean Bean game. You know, all of the, the like I was talking about the fight where he has with Knuckles, where he's like, why won't you stand still? And he's just continually punching at him. That's the opening like intro to the Sonic Adventures TV show. His pose when he's dancing in the bar is a pose from Sonic Adventures. There's so much fan service. The mid credit scene. It's a file from 50 years ago. That's the exact lore for that character. I'm like getting excited here. Sorry. Um, (laughs) um, But it's just it's not fan service for the sake of fan service. It means something. There's there's care behind it in a good movie.
0: Yes, and and it's crazy that all of these things exist so uniformly mm-hmm. together. Uh, I, you know, as as I saw different elements in the trailers, kind of highlight different aspects of the film. I was like, one of these is going to break the mold, uh, and, and kind of fall, make it fall apart. But it just it made it even that unity even stronger. Uh, and and really just exceeded what I thought it was, what I thought what I thought Hollywood writers were capable of. Yeah. Uh, genuinely. And I'm, and I'm not saying that to be hyperbolic. Like, this genuinely exceeded not just my expectations for the film, but what I thought we were capable of producing in, you know, the 21st century Hollywood. Well,
1: uh, again, you know, you're talking about the, the typical tropes and everything. Think about the main part of the movie. So by the end of the movie, you know, I, I think maybe anybody would maybe think this but sonic knuckles and tails are together okay now think about how cliche that usually is in a movie knuckles wants to fight sonic oh by the end of it they team up and it's just like yeah just okay you got there whatever again even that which has been done time and time again to exhaustion and has missed the mark so many times in so many movies that even you and I individually have talked about on the show or you know on our on our shows or even watched in our personal lives and have never done a podcast review of it think about how many times that hasn't worked and even that works in this movie there's a logical step each time why Knuckles gets to where he is. It makes sense within the story of his character and the context of what happens in the movie. It's not just, well, we want a cool moment for them to be together. No, there's a logical story progression as to why these three are now together.
0: Yeah. I, I completely agree. Like I, I saw it coming that they were going to get together. And I was like, again, I was a little worried. Like, where's that moment where he just crosses the mm-hmm. line? Cause they need to cross right. the line to be together. Uh, and it happened where he, he kind of like meandered on both sides of the line for a little bit. And it's because his interest was genuinely in the chaos emerald. Like he, he didn't necessarily have anything against Sonic. It was just that Sonic was in his way to the chaos emerald. And then uh, I don't know. It's just, that has been so mistreated mm-hmm. so many times, and I did not ever expect that the 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 breakthrough was going to be Sonic and Knuckles, uh, with Jim Carrey in between them,
1: and somehow it was. Yeah, I, I think you know, uh, and again, act, like action in this movie, well done. The scenes between him and Knuckles, you know, that first introduction, and even just I. Just the simplicity. And I just, I, you know, Jim Carrey, when he shows up to the house for the first time and he's like, I don't know how you came back, but you're going to be sorry that you did. And he goes after him and like, Harrison, you can see me because we're, we're talking through video right now where this is, you know, listeners, this is just audio. But all of a sudden he moves to the side and he's just like like moving while knuckles is coming behind (laughs) him and he's making that face. Like I was like cracking up because like his body movement and his facial expression in that moment was so funny. Just like, ha ha. Um, yeah, you know, it's just, boy, there's, there's just so many little things in the movie when he's in the death egg. And, uh, the song is called shoot. What what is the song called? I think it's it's by Pantera. Um, I I forgot what the song is called, but and he just starts swinging his arms back and forth, and then he's playing he's (laughs) playing the guitar on his leg, and it's just like, yeah. Again, it's it's funny, but it's not. It's that rare occasion where again you're not just going, all right. Well, there's Jim Carrey being Jim Carrey. You're like. No, that's that's Robotnik. Like, that's what Robotnik would do. Like, he's I've so identified him with with Robotnik at this point between the two movies that I'm like, yeah, that's not Jim Carrey doing that. That's Dr. Robotnik.
0: Yes. Yeah. And and the, the other scene that like really, really did that for me was at the mushroom planet, <laughs> like just when he starts, like like what a great way to start the film, because I was waiting for Jim Carrey. And I just feel like, especially because I found this really interesting in his interviews. I mean, the sad part of it, saying he's retiring, which I hope isn't true. But but also talking about how like he really doesn't do sequels. This is the third time that he's reprised a mm-hmm. character. Jim Carrey, how long has he been an actor? This is the third time he's been a character, second film. Uh, and he talks about how he he doesn't like sequels because he always wants to do something new. But Robotnik felt different because the second one isn't like, like an... A, a newer version of the character because of what he goes through and how he changes and i i felt like he just l- took it up a notch in all the right ways and it just it wasn't just like oh hey we paid for jim carrey let's right. you know, let him turn it up to 11 it's like jim carrey is really enjoying this character uh, and this is the character that he's created and then i came to see uh I didn't come to see Jim Carrey. I came to see Dr. Robotnik to be honest.
1: Right. And you know, that's my, I hold out my hope that he'll come back because he's not even, he still isn't progressed to there's still more levels for him to become the you know, Dr. Robotnik that Sonic fans know there's still progression, which gives me hope that he'll come back because there's more layers. He's, you know, he can come back for another movie and there's still another growth in that character that now he can portray.
0: Hmm. I I mean, I, they, they gave the Easter egg of yes. his, you know, his big, yes. <laughs> so we got to get that eventually. Um, yeah, I, I, there was just so many moments where it was like, man, this is, this is what I wanted and it's working so well. Um, Again, I and I think that I'm so excited to say these things is because I didn't. It, I, I knew I was going to like it. I expected to like it. I expected to have a good time talking about it, but I didn't expect to be this passionate mm-hmm. about how good it really is. Um. So yeah, I, I don't know. Any, any other thoughts for for live up?
1: No, I think uh, you know. I think we we've covered what the main. You know, I, I guess the only other thing I that I could say is, it, they, again, they do such a good job for people that know Sonic and Tails, the way that they build that relationship, and you know, Tails coming to help him and being, you know, I'm I'm just a tech person, I don't do these things, and then Sonic, you know, genuinely being upset when Tails gets hurt. They just do such a great job building that relationship throughout the movie. That's that's another thing that I was looking forward to. And they exceeded expectations in, in that area as well.
0: Yeah, I, I, I really that, that that relationship between Tails and Sonic was done. just just extremely well, Um The only other thought I have for Live Up, which is a weird like test that I do with movies, most movies have a single that they release that plays during the credits, Mm. right? Uh, Sonic has this one. I think it's like High in the Sky or something. Sky something. It has the word sky in it. I don't remember. Uh, And it works good. I feel like both movies have had a good single that matched the film. But So what I do is I listen to the single or whatever you want to call it, the song, during the credits. And then I go home, and a few days later, I'll listen to the song again, and how it makes me feel is a good determination about how I feel for the film. And, and the test, so to speak, is if it makes me feel nostalgic, if it makes me feel nostalgic and and, and reminiscent, and almost like a bittersweet feeling, like I'm don't I'm not quite capture, I, I'm not quite experiencing what I experienced before. If you get what I mean, then I know that it was a good movie. Uh, where like that single is just like a, a a little teaser of how good the movie was. And this film absolutely did that. Like I listened to the song and it's not, I mean, the song's good too, but as I listened to it, I felt nostalgic for how much fun I had in the movie that I was like, man, I want to go back to the movie uh, where I was listening to this song the first time after having a great time in the movie. And weird tests that I do for myself, but, but it, it, try it out sometime, it's interesting. Um, and I felt like, that speaks volumes to the quality of the movie where I already feel nostalgic for it because of how good it is. Yeah. Kind of weird, but, um, okay. Well, that leads us into the next segment, which we've already talked about a lot. Binge points. These are Easter eggs, details behind the scenes, trivia. Uh, this part is mainly going to be Easter eggs. Cause there's a lot in this film. Uh, I, Matt, I, you'll probably know more than I do. Uh, you already have pointed out a bunch. So, any in particular that you really, really
1: want to mention? I, I mean, it's just the whole thing throughout is just it is Easter eggs and paying homage to to Sonic lore. I mean, it, the the main one is the the mid credit scene. Like you said, it's not a, a complete post credit scene because it happens halfway through. Um, but. Oh, we found a file dating back fifty years when we were searching Robotnik, and he's like, "Dear God, Project Shadow!" Like, you know, that's straight from the lore. Like, that's that is a huge Easter egg. But you know, there's there's so many Sonic Adventure two. You know the the gun reference. Um, that's you know that's straight out of Sonic Adventure. Um, the hel- there's a helicopter that says sa-2 you know sonic adventure 2 uh, like in sonic's origin it, th- all these stupid things the side of the plane that tails flies there's a number 761 it refers to sonic's top speed like i, I could name them all so i'll stop at those ones if you have any more that you're <laughs> that you're adding
0: uh the only thing that i was really gonna say because again my involvement in the lore of sonic is minuscule compared to yours and most of them that i noticed we've already mentioned um the two that i really really uh like um what was the first one that i was about to say oh is that the, the project shadow that when we get golden sonic at the end if that's right for it, i don't know i was like Ooh, are they going to tease Shadow for the next one? Because like they teased Tails at the end of the Mm. first film, and I was like kind of excited. And then they did, and the look of Shadow, I was like, oh my gosh, like that is the Shadow that I remember. And it just like, like again, my experience with the lore is kind of limited, but it just like hit a place like, oh, that Shadow, Uh, which was super fun. The other thing is that I just I've talked about it a lot—the interaction between Tails and Sonic. But the the amount of times Tails says only Sonic the Hedgehog could right. blank. You know, and fill in the blank. I just loved, every single time Tails said that, I was like, yes, this is Tails. You know, like when Sonic laughs and calls it a butt copter, and he's like, eh, butt copter, and, he, she's, and Tails is like, only uh, Sonic the Hedgehog could come up with a name butt copter or something like that. And it's just like, man, it's not necessarily an Easter egg, but it's more of just like, this. these are the characters. Uh, and, and I just loved. So, yeah, I I don't have any others really. Yeah, no,
1: I mean, I I mentioned it, but, you know, Agent Stone, the coffee shop, mean bean machine, throwback to the Genesis game, Um, the Sega Genesis manual um, for the death egg, the Eggman's outfit when he's looking through for different looks for him, the underwater bubble, Sonic's plane, the fact that they snowboarded, which was in Sonic the Hedgehog three and Knuckles like there's the way that knuckles punches the emerald out of Dr. Robotnik, it's incredibly similar to the beginning of Sonic, the hedgehog three, um, where he punches, you know, Sonic with the chaos emeralds. It just, th- there's so, there's so much going on here. Um, the Sonic adventure cover art is the pose that Sonic strikes during the dance scene. um, that is the exact pose from the Sonic adventure. It, there's just, yeah, th- there's so much.
0: Um, the only one that I have that I love is that the film, like uh, almost like an emotional core for Sonic in the first film was that he had to play baseball mm-hmm. alone. Uh, and the fi- this film ends with him playing baseball with his new friends and, you know like that's just a small thing but it it felt like an easter egg to the character of sonic. Uh you know i mean that's just like good storytelling. Um but to me it 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 was good enough that it earned itself a binge point.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I and and Knuckles um, is funny in that scene too. Like <laughs>
0: yeah, he's he's absolutely hilarious. uh yeah, Knuckles comments about baseball are like i wish i had them memorized because they are like I was dying laughing. It was it was and, hilarious. And now
1: I have mastered the base of second. Like
0: <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea that's the other thing that Idris Elba was that funny. Right. Uh and he plays Knuckles so well. I like that scene when he's talking about how he's he's just gonna fight uh Dr. Robotnik and he and it like how his drones aren't a match for him and all this stuff. He's like, Oh, they're oh, the, stairs. Yeah, <laughs> just like oh, walks
1: up these, these are stairs. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I thought that was awesome. Um, so, oh, the the one other Easter egg, just because we've done Fast and the Furious, is when they make it to the temple with the owl where they get the compass. Uh, Tails and Sonic are there, and they're talking about how the echidna and long claw, the owls—I don't—I don't know how to refer to them—have been fighting forever. And Sonic is like, "Oh, kind of like the Rock and Vin Diesel." <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> I died laughing. I thought that was so funny. I mean, like, that's probably going to go over every single kid's head in the theater, but that is a fantastic line. Um, the other thing that I didn't, that I wanted to mention in, uh, uh, Live Up is that I love how they kept Sonic as a kid. Like, he's clearly just a kid who's obsessed with pop culture references, and like, that's who he is. And it makes, and it makes for good quips and fun, uh, lines in the, in the film, but it also just keeps the character
1: right. Yeah. 100, 100%, 100%.
0: Um, Oh, the the other thing that I really loved is the like the loop that Sonic does on the skateboard when he's by himself. I was like, oh my gosh. He he's rolling in the loop. I just
1: love that. So um any other bench points you want to add? Uh no, I am I am good on those. Okay.
0: So let's move on to the next segment to kind of wrap it up here. Lease and likes, which is our least favorite scene. And our favorite scene, pretty straightforward. Uh, so let's start with our least favorite and then we'll go into our favorites. Matt, what is your least favorite scene from the film? If you
1: have, one? uh, so I do. Um, and it's strictly because it is way, way out of place compared to everything else in this movie. Um, there is one scene, it's when they are, uh, In I I forgot where they went to, but when they're snowboarding and everything like that, there is one scene where Robotnik is in his his hover egg and he comes up onto the like he comes up onto the screen and the mountains are behind him. It compared to the rest of the movie, it looks so fake like it is. It is such an obvious green screen I like for a split second, I was really like, holy cow. Like, how is this? How is this so bad? Because it's it is so. It's so obvious compared to everything else in the movie that it that looks real and doesn't look incredibly CGI that. I couldn't help but like that, that one piece and it's not forever that that scene lasts, but it is so jarring that I was just like, it took me out of the movie for a second because I was just staring at it going the this can't be right. Like, wait, what? Hang on a second. Like, am I like, am I, is, is something going on with my eyesight? Like what, what just happened? um, That's my least favorite part because it's so jarring.
0: Uh, That's interesting. That's exactly the one that I was going to point out. Like, there's not really a moment that's like, how can I say this right way? Like a moment of, I was going to say a moment of the film, but a moment of like the story or like a scene that's involved in the story or in the characters that I disliked. Like, like there wasn't like a moment where I was like, oh, I don't like what they're doing with the characters. I don't like what they're doing with the story, or I didn't like the humor. Like the one part of the movie that I was like, oh, I didn't like that was, you know, just a a, a, a misstep or a rush production on visual presentation mm-hmm. of the film, uh, which again speaks volumes to the quality of it. So, um, more excitingly, let's get on to our favorite scene. I will let you go first.
1: Again, Matt, what's your favorite scene? It's it's so hard because. I don't, to me, there's not one scene that like stands out head and shoulders above the rest. If I, if I had to really just say, okay, for the sake of the segment, I have to pick one. I really do love the, the actual introduction to knuckles with Sonic. Cause we see knuckles before that scene, um, but just his introduction to Sonic, the fight, you know, you saw the scene in the trailer, but just him stopping Sonic with his hand and then basically just like fist pounding him down into the ground like knuckles as a hammer and Sonic is the nail. Um, the The dialogue with like, do I look like I need your power? like I, that scene is really well done, but there's just, there's so much to like about this movie. I love the scene of Tom and Sonic in the boat. I love the death egg scene. I love super Sonic. It's just maybe super, you know, maybe it would be super Sonic. Cause it's just so cool to see that and him just tear through the death egg. Um, but it's hard because there's so much good in this movie. There's so many good scenes. But I, I, I think yeah. that introduction to Knuckles and Sonic just because it it does set the stage for me. Like, okay, here we go.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you that it's really hard to pick a scene that feels like it stands taller or above the rest. Like, it, like it's really hard for me to point to one and be like, this is my favorite. This is the one that that stands out. This is the one I remember. What it's like. No, I just remember like the whole mm-hmm. thing. Um, Again, for the sake of the segment, exactly like you said, my favorite would be that beach scene with Sonic and uh, Knuckles. Uh, I just really liked it. I like the humor. I like what Knuckles says. I like the sincerity of it. I like what it leads to. Uh, I like the depiction of Sonic, that Sonic uh, is this just good-hearted person. And I think Longclaw at one point says to him, like she recognized he was different because of Mm -hmm. his heart or something like that. Uh, and then we see that like, this is somebody who doesn't hold grudges who like, just cause you fought him, he's going to like fight you. Like, like he just saved you and now he could just go back to fighting you, but he had saved you. And now he's like going to become mm-hmm. your friend. And, and it, but it's not like a cheesy, like, you know, I'm going to stop the bad guy by becoming his friend. Like we've seen before. I don't, I don't know. It's just for a lot of reasons, I'm just going to pick that one. Uh, but again, I, I could mention many. Um, so we will get on to the last segment then, um, unless there's any other honorable mention scenes that you really want to. Mention.
1: The whole, I, geez, the whole movie, the whole like. thing,
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, the whole thing. Um, okay. Well, we will get into the last segment here, Fall In. I kind of hinted at this earlier. This is the segment of The basement Binge where we dive into the messages, the meanings, as my dad always told me when he would tell me stories, the moral of the story, right? What is the takeaway, things we can apply into our personal life, which is a surprisingly rich segment for Sonic. I think this is one thing, like we talked about, this is just a good film. I think this is something that both the first one and the second one gets right about it is that it has a heart at the center of it that's very true and sincere and genuine. And it doesn't feel like it's, you know, thrown in there for the sake of being thrown in there. It feels like it's at the core of the story that it's telling. Um, and I, I really value that. The, the thing that I would say for this one is just like a... Uh, um, there's, there's so many things, but the, the main thing that I wanted to talk about was just like a, a a goodness to others. Like mm-hmm. like I talked about the beach scene. Sonic is good to Knuckles. Tails comes to help Sonic and is good to Sonic. Sonic in return is good to Tails. Um, the sisters are good to each other. Tom is good to Sonic. Uh, the, that one cop, whatever his name is, the, the hilarious guy, Will, I, I feel like. I think so, he, yeah. Name, uh,
1: wait, wait, wait. I wait. have to
0: look it up on IMDb. Yeah, like like he's good to the people around him. The people are good to him. I, I don't know. There's just like there's something that I really liked about the film where we see characters just have a goodness and a kindness to other people, and that progresses the story really well.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, look no further than the first, you know, one of the first scenes with them on the boat and him being out all night and like, you know, you're. Like, I know you don't want to hear this, but you're just a kid. You don't need, you know, to grow up. You know, you don't need to grow up too fast. And I know you want to do great things. And that time will come, um, you know, a message about family. They can be in all different forms. Uh, Family doesn't necessarily mean, you know, you have to be. Blood, so to speak. Um, Just. Just. You know, there's just all of these these messages. And again, like the friendship and, you know, even Knuckles, just, you know, Knuckles has a code, so to speak, that. He, you know, this was about honoring his father and his tribe, Um, but then, you know, realizing that, you know, him and Sonic. Aren't really that different. They share something in common. You know, they, Sonic said it like we both lost everything that day. So, you know, Sonic is trying to honor the memory of Longclaw and Knuckles is trying to honor the memory of his father. And oh, geez, we're, and again, those things can be so cliche, but they just work in this movie. Um, I just, I like it. A, I, I just, I really like it a lot. I think I've mentioned, you know, this a, a couple of times on certain episodes that I've done. And I mentioned it before. Boy, certain things just show you how much closer we are than sometimes. It Like people would like you to believe that there's, there's way more that connects us than separates us. And I think this movie showcases that really well
0: yeah i i really really agree with that um i i don't want to add to it too much because i feel like i was just extremely well said um yeah we'll leave that because <laughs> that was i don't know what to say i'm at a loss for words um yeah it, it's I'll, I'll just to change tones because i feel like i'm trying to like comment about what you said but you just said it so well that i don't have anything to say. So to change to change it a little bit, the the one other thing that I'll just mention is that um, a, um, a a commitment to who you oh, are. Yeah. That's the only. It's not very well said. And it's not quite getting at what I want, but it's the only way I can say it. Like you just talked about, Knuckles is committed to being who he believes is Knuckles. Sonic when he's supersonic conjures up a chili time, right. <laughs> like and, and i don't know it, it's just like these people are who they are uh, and they're each helping each other be the best versions of themselves like like tom for example like that scene in the boat he doesn't reprimand sonic for trying to be a hero he doesn't say you shouldn't do this you're a kid you're gonna be in danger he just says like Hey, don't try and force mm-hmm. it. Like it will happen one day, and like embraces that Sonic wants to do good and and has the capacity to do good, but gives him guidance and how to achieve it instead of saying like, "Don't do that" type of thing. Um, and I just I think that is really awesome to see in, in community. You know, whatever your community or your family is, is that build up of your uh, of yourself.
1: Yeah, I think one thing that we didn't mention. I I just want to get this out. Um, like, it's just, I thought it was hysterical talking about Knuckles when Tails uh, is carrying him and he's like, You're heavy. And Knuckles goes, That's because I'm a thousand percent muscle. Um, <laughs> that like, awesome. that was really funny. And then I was so at the end when they save everything, Sonic, you know, wins the day, and they're like, power bump i literally was like oh my god no he's like he's gonna power but like knuckles is because he's he crushes their hands when he shakes it right. and when he, they were like power bump and knuckles was going i was like oh my god he's gonna break their knuckles like i was like prepared for him yes. to like break their knuckles so i was like oh no no <laughs> but um yeah. that has nothing i actually had that exact. that has about. nothing to do with the messages of this movie but i just yeah like he was just really fu- like the dialogue that they had for knuckles was really funny.
0: Yeah. He, he, if you have made it through this entire episode and you haven't been convinced to go see the movie, go see it for knuckles alone. Uh, and this, I don't know, interpretation yeah. for lack of a better word of the character. It, it's, it's fantastic. It's, it's really fun. It's really, really yeah. fun. um, so I don't really have anything else to say about Sonic except for one other thing that I wanted to mention in Live Up and that I didn't. Uh, they already did a great job in the first film with the visual design and visual effects of Sonic, and they just took it up a notch here. Like, his fur mm-hmm. looks so good on a lot of those close-ups. Um, like, th- this is going to sound weird. The whites of his eyes look good. Yeah. Like, they don't they, they 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 have this glossiness that feels natural. Like like he his eyes are huge. Like that should not that that's not normal. Uh but yet there there's so much of a humanness mm-hmm. to him because of the way they design and animate these characters that uh is fantastic. Uh, and so I just didn't want to forget to mention it because it, it I mean like these messages we just talked about probably wouldn't have the same impact if these characters didn't have the visual endearment that they possess.
1: Yeah, 100% agree.
0: So, any last thoughts about Sonic the Hedgehog 2?
1: Just go see it if you haven't. I mean, go see it. You don't wait. I know here where I am um, in New York, they have, you know, Tuesday $5 matinee days. It, if you need to wait for that, go ahead. But whatever you're regular price ticket is at your local theater, it's worth it here. It's I think like 11 something to go see a movie. That's not on Tuesday matinee days. I, I would pay the 11, $12 again to go see this movie. It's totally worth it. Do yourself a favor. It's, it, it's, it's good. It's worth it. Go check it out.
0: Yes. And when you do, because I second that, when you do go see it, or if you have already, let us know what you think of it. You can get in contact with The Basin Binge uh, through email. You can message me on Instagram, Facebook. You could join Matt Goes to the Movies Facebook group if you'd like. You can give your thoughts about Sonic the Hedgehog 2 there. Um, So, Matt, one more time, I'll give you a chance to kind of plug your show, as we say, talk about it, and uh, even though you mentioned before. Any any last thing you want to say about Matt Goes to the Movies?
1: Yeah, no, I mean just if you you like the basement binge i think you will like matt goes to the movies uh I, there's certainly you will <laughs>
0: like matt goes to the movies i'm interrupting you will
1: <laughs> uh you know even if it's just to to listen to the episodes that that harrison is on there's certainly a lot of them there they were a lot of fun you know the you mentioned that the top 100 video game podcast one was super fun it was a, a blast and one that like you know, we thought was going to be difficult. And then all of a sudden just became super fun, super free flowing, just a, a really fun time talking about those. Um, I, I loved our Batman. I actually um, went back and listened to that one. Our our thoughts on the Batman, uh, which surprisingly enough is coming to HBO Max April 18th. So we are just, you know, uh wow. six days, I think, by the time frame now six days away from from that being just readily available to watch whenever you want um it's a lot a lot of fun episodes and uh i think you'll enjoy the show we're reviewing halo right now uh coming up with the the youtube stuff that we're doing which is the first episode was for resident evil was a lot of fun so just it's a casual show for casual fans who like movies. I'm always interested to hear what your thoughts are. Uh, Cause neither here, neither me nor Harrison uh, or Rob when he's on the show. um, It's not about, Oh, well I don't like this and you do so good Lord. You have to be an idiot. It's I'm always fascinated to just a movie that I can't stand. I'm always fascinated to hear somebody's opinion on, on why they like the movie. I, I'm just genuinely intrigued and, and love the conversation. So like Harrison said, you know, email Matt goes to the movies that's in the show notes and stuff like that. I just, you know, go to the Facebook pages, leave a review. I, I love those interactions. They're actually incredibly fun.
0: Yes. Yeah. Genuinely, if you enjoyed this episode and you want to, I don't know, pay it back, so to speak, to us, the two things, reviews and interactions are like some of the greatest things you can do while you're at it. Subscribe to Matt Goes to the Movies, wherever you get podcasts. That will be listed below. Um, lots of fun episodes you, w- that you can go listen to. We've been doing this for years now, which is weird to say. Uh, and we got a great episodes coming. So,
1: Yeah, I I was going to say, like, think about how long, because I know at the end of this well April 30th will be officially 2 years that I've been doing this and you were doing it longer than I was and it's it's crazy to think about that like I've been doing this show for 2 years and we've said this before Harrison that uh people listen to it it's still kind of <laughs> it's still kind of surreal but yeah thinking about the fact that like wow it's been 2 years i I'll, I'll like almost that i've been i've been doing this and honestly it's just it's thanks to the people that that do listen to it that i still do it
0: yeah it's it's uh it's a ton of fun to do it so thank you everybody for listening thanks for all the feedback so thank you thanks for it giving us i mean because i would continue to do this at any rate i'd continue to talk to matt about movies because it's a blast but it's fun that there's people out there who who listen whether they agree or not to what i have to say it it's it's a lot of fun so thank you everybody for listening to the basement Binge. thank you again matt for being here I, I really really do appreciate it it's been fun to catch up with you and, and also talk about son of the hedgehog too i'm glad that we were both like equally zealous about it i was worried that like uh i would maybe be <laughs> a little bit too much but i think that we kind of match each other uh stride for stride so um yeah thank you again Any way that you could contact or follow or subscribe or whatever you want to do with Matt Goes to the Movies or The Basement Binge is linked below. If you haven't heard it enough, this is The Basement Binge, if that wasn't clear. Uh, My name is Harrison. Thank you again, Matt, for joining. But that is all for now. Ciao, ciao.